Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Friday, November 19th. U.S. equity futures had been higher across the board earlier, although things have changed pretty dramatically in the last hour or so based on negative COVID headlines out of Europe. So the S&P futures are now down 14 points. That's about 30 basis points. The Dow futures are off about 220 points. It's about 60 basis points. The NASDAQ is holding in the green up about 35 points. That's about 20 basis points. Treasuries have a big bid this morning. Yields are down about three to four basis points across the board. So clearly there is a um, you know, pretty textbook anti-cyclical pro-growth type of market reaction occurring. So you had Austria became the first country in Western Europe to reimpose a lockdown as of Monday. The lockdown will be at least 10 days, no more than 20 days. They're also mandating that all citizens get vaccinated by February 1st. Germany came out this morning and said that it cannot rule out um, a similar action as far as imposing a lockdown. So those two headlines are obviously creating a lot of uh, discord, anxiety in markets. You're seeing, again, a pretty um, textbook reaction. Investors are bidding up bonds, puking cyclical stocks, especially puking the reopening linked names. Um, and then in the U.S., you're you know you're seeing uh, a favorable reaction in some of the growth stocks, and that's why the Nasdaq's outperforming. Um, you know, I've acknowledged for the last two weeks you've seen a lot of negative developments out of Europe with regards to COVID. Um, you know, today clearly they're um, seeing somewhat of an inflection point. I continue to um, you know recommend avoiding the 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 standard kind of reaction of puking cyclicals, diving back into tech. Um, diving back into treasuries, I, I appreciate how on a morning like this, people, you know, the temptation will be too hard to avoid. Um, but again, I think the situation today is much, much, much different than prior um, incidences of, of COVID waves, including even just a couple months ago with the Delta resurgence, um, especially in the U.S. But I've, you know, I appreciate again on a knee-jerk reaction, it's going to be hard to kind of uh, uh, avoid the type of reaction you are seeing. So that's clearly dominating the market this morning. Um, prior to those COVID headlines hitting, um, you know, stocks were bid up in the U.S., stocks were bid up in Europe. You had positive developments out of Washington last night. I, I sent around a piece last night um, as to why I think that's the case. I have uh, those comments are included in the Vital Dawn this morning. Um, you know, essentially, the CBO score hit last night. Um, won't go through specifics. I have the details in the piece, but um, I believe will be enough to satisfy Democratic moderates in the House. So the House was supposed to vote last night on the rec- on its reconciliation bill that was delayed. It will be voting on it today. It will pass. Um, you still have a lot of issues in the Senate to get through. The Senate will make a lot of changes to the House bill, which means it has to then go back to the House for a second vote. Um, you know, the objective among Democratic leaders is to get this done by Christmas. Um, that's possible. The odds of it occurring are certainly not as high as they were. Um, perhaps more importantly, on the debt ceiling side, you know, you are seeing a little bit more of a conciliatory tone from Schumer and McConnell than was the case the last time the debt ceiling came into play. Um, so they are talking about a solution. And then you also are seeing Republicans, they are refusing to help, but they're also refusing, they also are committing not to, um, you know, prolong the situation. So again, I continue to think that reconciliation is the only solution Democrats have. Republicans could slow down the reconciliation process if they wanted to. You have heard from a couple of prominent Republican senators yesterday saying that they will not do that. Um, so again, that's somewhat encouraging on the debt ceiling front um, and then somewhat encouraging on the reconciliation front to the extent stocks want to see that bill get done. Um, those are the big kind of macro trends for this morning. 
nothing else was really um, super important as far as monetary policy or economic data is concerned. You did have yesterday a couple of Fed officials come out. Um, you know, the media is portraying them as former doves becoming hawks. I think that's vastly overstating it. You did have someone like uh, uh, Evans say that, um, you know, it looks like 2022 will warrant a rate hike. Again, you're seeing a lot of Fed officials that have been, um, you know, f- probably too far out on the dovish spectrum, kind of moving to where the market already is. So I don't think you're seeing those those comments really kind of playing a major role in the market. Um, I think the consensus is you are going to see probably that September meeting next year, which is right after Jackson Hole, will be kind of the first live meeting. Um, based on everything we know right now, you probably are going to get a hike at that point in time. Um, I continue to think that regards to a potential acceleration in the taper pace, certainly very possible, but I think the Fed will wait and see kind of just how data unfolds over the coming months. So that's more of a February or March decision. On the earnings front, I would say the numbers last night were kind of net negative, especially just relative to the um, optimism we've seen over the last few days. So AMAT missed, got to blow the street, all because of supply chains. If you listen to the call, management is very, very bullish. Um, you know, they just say that they are having some difficulty translating the very strong orders that they are receiving into revenue, similar tone to what Cisco said. I don't think AMAT should be hit as hard as Cisco, um, but AMAT, uh, underwhelming raw stores, a little bit underwhelming. They guided below the street for the, uh, January end quarter, certainly in contrast to the TJX report. Um, you know, raw stores strongly imply that that guidance is conservative and, and, you know, the overall quality of tone for management is, is just as positive as it's been at other retailers, but that's certainly underwhelming. Workday had just very, very elevated expectations, something really bad there, but, um, hard to live up to those expectations. And then sort of the same situation with West, um, William Sonoma, decent report. They raised guidance, perhaps they're not raising guidance as much as people hoped. And then the West Elm unit did have a slight shortfall in comp. So those, um, those three names, those four names rather, are definitely underwhelming last night. So that's kind of coloring, um, on the company specific front, the news flow, uh, in a negative light, nothing too critical on the calendar today, although you will see that house vote take place again, it's widely, widely expected to pass. So if it does pass, um, that shouldn't be a big deal. If it were not to pass, obviously that's, uh, a whole different story. Um, footlocker has earnings. That's pretty much it. As far as earnings are concerned, no major economic data. Um, and that is essentially everything for today. I sent around the latest bull versus bear conversation piece yesterday afternoon. So that's up on the website. Take a look at it. Um, and that is everything for Friday, November 19th. Thank you for listening.